Welcome to the Slingshot Sim Racing Podcast. I'm Ellis. And I'm Chris. On the podcast, we get to know our Slingshot Racing community on and off the track, while also talking about anything and everything else sim racing related. You can check us out at slingshotracing.org where you can join our Discord. The podcast is brought to you by Apex Energy Drink and Martin Sports, but we'll talk about them a bit later. For now, let's jump into it. All right, it is episode nine, Sunday, January 6th. Chris, it's been a great weekend, lots of good racing this weekend. We'll talk about that in a little bit. How was uh how was your weekend going so far? It's gone pretty good. Um yeah, lots of racing on. Uh championship weekend is always, you know, fun for that. Um Alabama football last night. Not, not so a good. great weekend. <laughs> no, not so good, but um I mean, hey, Alabama's lost two games this year by a grand total of, you know, four points. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it happens. Uh, but, yeah, it's been a pretty good weekend. How about you? We could, have, we could have a lot bigger problems, I suppose, right? That's right. Um, it's been a good weekend. Uh, I got to, to watch most of the race today. Um, still spending some of the weekend convalescing, getting better. I'm sure that hopefully I sound better tonight than I did last week. Uh, I'm definitely feeling better. Doctors got me on some some steroids amongst other things so gonna have to go lift some weights after this not really but uh hit some home runs <laughs> right uh so let's talk about uh let's talk about that nascar race for for just a little while i guess all three races it was a great great weekend of racing i think the cup racing uh cup race was a little bit less over you know less I'm trying to think of the right word here less entertaining i still thought it was wasn't the worst race ever but compared to the the truck race and the xfinity race um, you know, it wasn't quite as exciting. Joey Logano ended up uh, winning the championship, and Ross Chastain. I think maybe if he had another ten or fifteen laps, might have been able to run him down. But uh, we'll never know. But what would you think of the race overall in terms of the quality of racing? I know going into it, a lot of people were were kind of skeptical of, and have been skeptical of Phoenix being the the championship race venue. Um, and I think today was kind of again. Um, evidence as to maybe why we need a rotation for championship races. Yeah, I think that the truck race and the Xfinity race being better than the cup race is really an indictment on this car um, on short tracks. I know Phoenix isn't technically a short track, but it drives like one. It races like one and cars are normally set up with short track packages there. Um, And I think that it just further amplifies the the need to make some changes on this car for next year, arrow wise, especially on the short tracks. Uh, and I think it would help. I think it would help Phoenix quite a bit. Um, yeah, I thought the truck race and the Xfinity race were very entertaining, um, and the Cup race not so good. And you know, kind of with the arrow problem, I think also Penske had a pretty big advantage over the field today. It felt like. Uh, I think Ryan Blaney actually had a much faster car than uh, Joey Logano for much of the race. I just think he was doing a lot of taking care of him. I think there uh, was some some wingman action going on there towards the, the end of the race. Yeah, and he was really smart about it. Like, he made it look good, too. He made it look legit. Um, you know, I I don't... I wasn't listening to his radio or anything, but I'd be willing to bet that, you know, nothing was said. It was just, he was doing a really nice job of, you know, making it look legit and yeah. um, nothing wrong with that. I don't have any issues with that at all. And no, yeah, I don't either. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that I do agree with you, though. I would like to see a rotation in the championship. I think that Phoenix is a great track from, you know, the infrastructure standpoint, you know, the market that they're in. Um, you know, they, you know, since they redid the joint, I'm not crazy about the layout. I prefer old Phoenix 100% over this Phoenix. I'll never be able to to accept the dog leg as the front stretch. I just never will. Like you, you said, the turns are still kind of weird to 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 kind of accept as being one and two, and three and four versus you know three and four and one and two. Yeah, I, I, that's the biggest thing for me. Like I always hear about people. You know, I kind of came into NASCAR in the late '90s after they had done the swap at Darlington. You know, the start-finish line used to be on the other end of Darlington. Mm-hmm. And one and two used to be three and four, and three and four used to be one and two. Well, it was never that hard for me because I came in after the swap. Um, I think the swap happened in like 96 or 97, something like that. Um, but here, growing up with Phoenix, one and two being, you know, what it was, it's, that's the hardest thing for me to get used to. So, um yeah, I, I I agree with you, though. I, I think that a rotation would be nice. Uh, I think that it's always going to be an ISC track that has the um, the championship race. I don't think that you'll ever see an SMI track have the championship race. Um, that being said, let's make Martinsville the last race of the season, championship race. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I think that Based on what we saw last week, yeah, it was crazy because the now if you fix the arrow, the hail okay. melon, yeah, 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 yeah. I think you've got some arrow work to do on these cars before we start jumping to conclusions about short tracks. Uh, you know, us needing more short tracks. Now, I think NASCAR knows that, right? I think that they know they're aware there's an arrow problem, and they're they're they've already said they're working on it. But you know, the fact that they're still willing to commit to to the reconfiguration of Fontana to me is is assurance that they are going to be working diligently on those cars and trying to figure out what's going to put on a better uh, product on the track. Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're going to talk to Jeremy uh, Robbins and Richard Hurst from Southern Broadcast Racing Network, our broadcasters, uh, just a little bit later on in the show about, you know, kind of their story and how they got into broadcasting. But before we get there, uh, I got a couple other things to talk about in this open segment. You had mentioned that you had a, a good weekend, uh, and I suppose one of the reasons you had a good weekend is because you spent some time building a new rig, uh, and this is your first actual dedicated sim racing rig uh, in terms of a like seating structure and uh, all that. Talk to us about what you ended up getting and what that process was like, because I know a lot of people probably might be in a similar situation where they're sitting at a desk right now and maybe... Maybe they want to make that upgrade to kind of a more racing seated position. Yeah, so I I've been using a steering wheel and desk uh, desktop setup for since I started sim racing since you know the late '90s, and this is just I've always raced like this, and I've never you know deviated from it. And I've always looked at you know sim rigs, and then I've always thought, man, that looks really cool, but I don't really need that, you know. Um, cause I enjoy doing, you know, a little bit of PC gaming, you know, as I got my desktop here, I just take the steering wheel off and it's no big deal. But, um, you know, the more and more time and effort that I put into this, the, you know, I, 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 especially having a direct drive wheel now, I can definitely see the benefit of having a dedicated rig cockpit system. So, 
um i did some homework and uh i uh i had looked into getting um one of the cockpits from sim lab you know i think that they make insanely good products uh from everything that i've read and you know seen and from you know i've heard from other people but the cost of you know shipping it over here across the ocean and it's it was it was just going to cost me a lot of money and, and i'd have to get a seat too and so uh, i tried to find something that i thought would be you know really good quality just like that and settled on the gto mega prime it's a um it's it's a really really high quality cockpit i'm i'm very impressed with it um you know the seat that comes with it is probably my only gripe my only complaint um they had a um they had a pedal plate on their uh, on on this rig that um was probably the least you know it, it was probably the thing that most people found fault with on this rig um and they've got really good customer service and they they upgraded it uh they made it better and uh improved it and uh, it's it's a nice pedal plate now and um the, the other one was fine too it just had a little bit of flex in it and you probably wouldn't notice it when you're racing but you know if you were to look at it you know at you know afterwards from like a camera or something like that it, you'd notice an obvious flex in it so they made it better and it's it's a it's a solid cockpit i'm i'm waiting on one more piece i'm waiting for the monitor mount to get here and once that's here we'll uh we'll get it all set up and i won't have it on the track on wednesday uh for chicago but uh you know hopefully week after we'll we'll have it ready to roll we'll look forward to hearing more about it um so you know that's that's one of the things that i'm curious to hear a little bit once you get some more seat time in is is the comparison between desktop and kind of that seated driving position uh that that i made the transition to several years ago but um you know i i'm always surprised uh I don't know why I'm surprised, but I'm always surprised at how many guys I talk to that are are still running on a desk and they love it. And that's, I think, you know, what works for you and, you know, do you do you, I guess is the saying, but, um, I have no doubt I'm going to, I'm going to be slow. And I think that's, you, we have this debate all the time, right? Uh, what's, what's more important for you, speed or immersion for me? I've just accepted that I'm never going to be the fastest guy on the track. So I'm more. Uh, you know, focused on the immersion factor. Um, but a lot of the guys who are fast are running those G29s on on a desk, and they're they're content with it. So I'm curious to see how how uh, you know maybe I'll beat you for a couple weeks while you're adjusting to it. Um, I'll look forward to that. But one that'll be like wanted, usual. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> So one of the one of the things that I do want to talk about in this kind of last part of this open segment before we hit this interview with uh, the guys from SBRN is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. We've talked about it, uh, I think, almost every week in our Discord channel uh, during the races and just, you know, in, in conversations with each other is racecraft. I think that's a word, you know, race car drivers, whether they're real life drivers or or sim racing drivers throw around a lot, but I don't necessarily know if there's a a 100% one-size-fits-all definition for what exactly we mean when we say racecraft, because it's something that a lot of drivers have, and it's something that a lot of drivers don't have. It doesn't mean they never will have it, but I think it's something that you slowly learn over time. And I think we, we've both 
uh, you have learned a lot. I think both of us are probably still working on our racecraft, but I know for me, just over the last couple of years, I feel like my racecraft is has gotten uh, a good bit better. Uh, I would imagine you would probably agree uh, for me, but also probably yourself. But um, what do you think of when you think of like racecraft? What does that mean to you as a as a sim racing driver? So for me, getting on iRacing and, you know, getting on sim racing, you know, years ago, um, I, I wasn't fast right out of the, like, right out of the gate. Like, not like my first night on the service. But I was able to pick up hot lapping. You know, I could get, you know, in a truck or in a car and I could go out and I could hot lap and I could do pretty good. I could set a pretty fast time up there on the board. Um that was something that probably came quicker than me to me than a lot of other aspects of this did come. Uh, what I struggled with is what you talk about right there. I think racecraft is just everything else once you get in the race. Um, knowing how to pass people, um, knowing when you should and should not try to pass somebody, um, you know, being aware of the people that you are racing with, getting on pit road, getting off pit road. Um, you know, managing, managing the, the long run, you know, managing your tires, managing your fuel, you know, trying to think one pit stop ahead. Um, that's the type of thing that I think of when, when I think of racecraft. Um, and it's something that, yeah, uh, I struggled with it because, you know, I would get out there and hot dog it for a lap and, you know, bam, it'd be, you know, pretty fast lap. But, you know, that doesn't win you a race. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't even guarantee you that you're going to be fast in the race. Um, I, I remember one of the first truck races I did on iRacing. Um, I was in, you know, what felt like a pretty stout field on a mile and a half track and uh, set a really fast lap. But it, it didn't even take, you know, two or three laps before I was getting my, you know, doors blown off. Uh, in the race and it's just because I didn't understand how I was supposed to race and you know I you know I, I still struggle with it you know today even um, this this past week at Darlington um, I set up you know I, I passed Matt Kuntz in a really bad spot he was a lap ahead of me um, and I was trying to catch a guy that was on my lap um, up ahead and he hit the wall, and I tried to make a pass in one and two, and you know how hard it is passing one and two at Darlington. And he hit the wall on corner exit, and I felt awful about it because that was the wrong decision for me to make. Like, I should not have made that decision to pass him in that moment. That was poor racecraft on my part, and luckily it didn't cost him anything, but um, we never made contact. But me passing him the way that I passed him in the place you that I passed him caused him to away that wall. line. Yeah. 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 At a track like Darlington, you know, I think those that sort of idea of racecraft is a bit exacerbated, uh, and and there's more emphasis on it because turn one is a uh, is a is a spot where a lot can go wrong very quickly, right? Uh, you know, it's something I I encountered, and I think I I think about it every every season when we go into Darlington, no matter what car we're in, is is how do you approach one if you're trying to make the pass? Like, uh, you know, I noticed a uh, couple times, you know, you try to show your nose and you kind of get down on someone and you get even with them going into one and you just hope that they're going to give up that spot because you've got their inside, but not everyone's going to do that. And I think, 
You know, is that is that what you're supposed to do? We had this conversation during the race of, you know, when when can you pass and when should you allow someone to pass you? Uh, you know, I'm of the mindset. I think I'm almost too conservative in a lot of a lot of places where I'm not going to put up a fight because I don't want to put myself in a position where, you know, I'm I'm opening myself up to something going wrong. I think. I've prevented a lot of problems. Uh, I think comparing comparing my first season of league racing a couple of years ago to where I'm at now, I'm finding myself in less wrecks because I think I'm not putting myself in those situations as much as I used to. Now that might not mean that that might mean that I'm not running top five every race, but what it does mean is I'm finishing races, um, and I, I think that's important. Uh, as you kind of, you know, progress as uh, a driver on iRacing or whatever other sim you're playing is like knowing that it's about finishing races and having that awareness for who you're racing around, you know, what, what kind of decisions are they likely to make based on what you've observed in previous races? And I think with league racing, that's a lot easier than running official races on iRacing. Yeah, because yeah, if you are running official races and you're doing it at the same time every night, you are probably running around a lot of the same guys. I, I know that's been the case for me and a lot of other people I talk to, but but in leagues, you do know, hey, this guy is someone I can trust. I can probably throw it in there a little bit more. Maybe he cuts me a little bit more slack. And then you know the guys who, doesn't mean they're bad guys. It just means that this guy is is more likely to do something that's going to make me uncomfortable and I just, I don't want to be in that mess. Right. And I think that awareness is super crucial if you're going to see the races through to the end. Right. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. And and that's that's just something that you have to I just think that you have to mentally prepare yourself for um, going into a race like you you have the luxury of being a league racer and, and knowing those people like, hey, I can run this guy really, really close right here. Um, and I can trust his, you know, what he's going to do. Uh, this guy right here, he's probably going to get all up on my door. Um, and I got no interest in doing that on lap 10. You know, I, you know, that, that's the type of, you know, sort of mental game that you need to play with yourself. Like when you're, when you're out there, um, on the track and it's something that, like you said, I think it's something that people probably still try to, to manage um you know even deep into their sim racing career i know i'm still managing it and trying to get better at it and uh you know trying to realize that uh that these races are they're not won early on and and you know you can you can definitely throw them away a lot easier than you can win them yeah and i think that's hard because we're all we're all race car drivers and i say that knowing that we're not racing real cars but we want to go fast the desire is to pass cars Right. The desire yep. is to to move up in the field. And if you're not doing that, in some cases, you know, we might not be having fun. But I think I think part of that developing that racecraft is part of developing a love for racing, whether you're always moving forward. Right. It's about getting better and and knowing that those spots will come back to you as the race goes on, depending on your pit strategy. That's something I haven't gotten better about, by the way, is thinking ahead about pit strategy. I know on, on our Discord during the races, I'm like, oh, I'm always relying on you too much. I'm always, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do? What lap are we coming in? You know, I've, uh, I've got to get better about that. And you I see think. how many times I've gotten it wrong this season. <laughs> well, you know, we usually make the decision together. Uh, but but like, yeah, we we missed it a lot this year. And I think most of the times we've missed it has just been sheer luck. 
Uh, yeah. I don't think it it isn't anything we we could have really done better. Like this past week at Darlington, we had no no knowledge that a caution was going to come out literally one lap after we pit. Yeah, and it's just bad luck. Down. It's just bad luck. And thus, that's, you know, I talked to Jacob Bradley uh, in the number one car, one of our one of our slingshot drivers this season. And we were talking about the fact that, like, it's a mindset shift uh, of accepting those things you can't control. Right. You you learn to you have to learn to accept that it's not always going to go your way. And it's about learning that even though that stuff happens, you can still have fun. You've got to let it go and start looking forward to the next week or the next race. Right. Yeah. The, the moment yeah. you start taking it too seriously, in my mind, and this is easy to say as someone who's not winning races, the moment you start taking it too seriously and by you not winning, you're not having fun anymore. That's that's a one way ticket to burnout. And uh, I think it's something a lot of sim racers uh, deal with. And I think avoiding burnout is is a huge thing. Is there any tips you have on, you know, we've been racing for for like we've talked about uh, going on two decades. And I know in my life uh, there have been times where I've stepped away from sim racing. I think this most recent foray for the past four or five years has been my most consistent uh, and I'll talk about in a minute kind of what I think has helped with that. But is there any tips you have, you know, for avoiding that burnout where you just put the sim down for a while? And by a I while, think, I mean months or years. Yeah, I mean, I've gone through it, too. Um, I think that one of the biggest things that you need to realize is that sim racing is based upon, you know, real life racing is based on it. It's not the same thing, but it is based on it. And in my opinion, real life racing um, when compared to other sports, requires more luck than any other sport that I can think of. I mean, there is more luck involved with this sport than any other sport. Um, and I think that you just have to accept that um, if you want to keep on doing this. I I think that you nailed, I think that you nailed it on the head earlier when you were talking about your conversation with Jacob Bradley, is that you just need to accept that, hey, sometimes things aren't going to go your way in this deal. And when you've done this for as long as we've done it uh you just accept that like hey you know what i really didn't get the strategy right tonight and you know what there wasn't anything i could do about it so i can live with it um you know i i had no idea that the caution was going to come out one lap after i pit at darlington um and you need to accept that the universe will you know return it in your favor at some point i got really lucky at bristol uh in the 87s uh last season when we did that and i happened to hold on to a set of tires you know longer than anybody else and i just happened to get through the field quicker than anybody else on the restart that's just luck you know the like my lanes moved and the other lanes didn't and you know you just got to accept that and you know just not take it too serious um you know at the end of the day just sort of remember why you got into this and why you want to do this and trust me i know it can be frustrating to uh to you know constantly find yourself maybe you know on the wrong end of the strategy or you know just even getting torn up you know every single week but um just realize that the the law of averages will eventually even itself out and come back in your favor at some point it will and i think you said you you said it perfectly just remember why you got into this we all love racing we all love sim racing i think it's a for me it's something that I've connected with since I was a kid. And it's a way for me to kind of, you know, 
uh, it sounds probably corny, but get in touch with that that inner child part of myself that I'm not always not always kind of uh, connecting with um, throughout the day. So it's a great kind of escape in that sense. So yeah, I think um, I think there's a lot to be said for racecraft, and you know, hopefully those who are listening either either you're familiar with this or maybe you you picked up something. Um, we by all means do not know at all, but through our you know uh, you know good decent amount of experience in this, I think we're we've learned a lot. So um, yeah, man, I think that's a great great kind of point to end this open segment on. Uh, we're gonna touch base with Jeremy. Uh, and Richard from Southern Broadcast Racing Network. Get to know a little bit about them on the other side of the break. Hey guys, before the interview segment, we want to take a second to talk about something near and dear to our hearts at Slingshot Racing, and that's a cause we're supporting this month, which is Epilepsy Awareness Month. We're raising money for the Epilepsy Foundation of America that spends uh, a lot of money each year Uh, giving to research initiatives to find a cure for epilepsy and to develop better treatments for epilepsy. You might not have known this, but 1 in 100 people have had a seizure over the course of their life, and millions of more people will have them. Uh, There are people who have epilepsy right now who might not know it and haven't been diagnosed. And all of us, Slingshot, if you're listening to this podcast, love driving. And one of the things you might not know about epilepsy is that uh, you lose your legal right to drive for six months uh, after you've had a seizure. Until you're six months seizure-free, you can't drive. My wife, who was diagnosed with epilepsy uh, several years ago after having a near-fatal car crash, went three years without being able to drive. Some people go their entire lives. So uh, chances are you know someone who has been diagnosed and struggles with, that, struggles with epilepsy. And uh, we just ask that you take, you know, any small amount of money you can give and donate it to the Epilepsy Foundation. You can find the link on our Instagram page, our Facebook page. There'll be a link posted in the show notes on how to give. Any small amount helps. Um, And we're grateful for the time you spent listening to this and you'll spend listening after this break. Uh, So yeah, help help us raise awareness, even if it's just through a simple post or sharing of our post. Anything you can do is appreciated. We, as always, appreciate your listening to this episode, and, and thanks. All right, so it's time for the interview portion of the show this week. Uh, we've got the great pleasure of sitting down with our own broadcasters from Southern Broadcast Racing Network. Uh, we've got Jeremy Robbins and Richard Hurst. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. How's everything going for you tonight? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. How about your nights? So far, so good. It's been a uh, great night getting to watch the race earlier, even though it made, maybe didn't end the way I would have liked it to, uh, but still entertaining way to finish the season. Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess the first thing I, I think while it's kind of fresh in our minds a little bit is to talk just a little bit. We'll get to you guys and kind of your history uh, and all that shortly. But I'm I'm kind of interested to hear about the Darlington race that we just came off of with Slingshot Racing, uh, with Wesley Pistol winning his first race. Uh, what was you guys kind of thoughts on how that race went and things you noticed and uh, just storylines that that you thought are worth mentioning? 
I'm going to let Jeremy take this one because, unfortunately, I was not able to make that race. But it's always uh, it's always uh, entertaining to hear Jeremy uh, Jeremy uh, talk about Wesley Pistol because he always calls him Pistoli. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeremy, take it away. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I, I've got a bad uh, pronunciation with names. And, and Richard was on me a lot, you know, correcting his name, Pistol. It's not pistol or pistol or pistol. It's pistol. But, you know, he's been he's been fighting all season. He's been caught up in some pretty wild stuff. And, you know, to see him actually get a win, he's fought for it. I mean, he's he's been up there consistent all season long. But, you know, watching the last about six laps where him and Justin went at it. And when we was talking with Justin on an interview, Justin was like, I could have had it if I'd have done it harder, but I didn't want to go harder for the fact that I didn't want to wreck both of us. So from that, there, there's a lot of, um, a lot of respect on Justin for being, you know, a good clean racer, but at the same time on Wesley for patience and pitch strategy and defending that line to actually lock down a win for the season. Yeah, I was going back and watching those last five laps to me was kind of a proud moment as a, a league owner. And I think Chris probably feels similar in the fact that those two guys race side by side for, for several laps and they didn't wreck each other. Right. A lot of guys, you know, would have gone under on the inside and run the other guy up into the wall um, for the win. And, and that didn't happen. And I was, I think that just speaks to the, the quality of our drivers who go out there weekly and uh, really show a lot of, of professionalism and respect for each other on the track. And in most cases, it doesn't always happen, but I think that's bound to, to be the case with any league. So you think Randy Bechtel is going to get a win before the end of the year? I know you interviewed him. Uh, I, I know he's been getting closer. It seems like um, he did, you know, really well in our '87 league, but he hasn't maybe been as dominant as I think uh, he might like, or maybe some of us might be used to him seeing, uh, seeing him being. So, what do you do? You think he's got a shot in these final four races? I think he's got a shot, um, but these next gen cars, they are a different beast. Um, you know, coming coming off of uh, the Gen Six, and you know, y'all were racing the eighty sevens, but this next gen car is just a different beast. Especially when you're going to take it to a, a track that probably nobody has ran before. Uh, coming up this week is going to be the Chicago uh, Road Course, and that's going to be interesting to see all of the drivers on there because I don't even think I purchased it yet, so I don't even know what it's all about. But, uh, you know, I think he's getting these cars figured out. And, um, yeah, we got a couple of good tracks coming up, and I think one of these tracks is going to be, you know, his his maiden voyage. He's going to he's gonna sail away with it. Ray is a great road course racer. Chris, have you run yeah. any, any practice laps at Chicago Street yet? I have turned zero laps around there, so uh, I'm going to try to hop on there tomorrow and uh, and try to turn some laps tomorrow before the practice session on Tuesday night. But, um, yeah, we got a few guys that I think, you know, I don't know how many laps that they've turned around Chicago, but uh, we got a few guys that, uh, that might surprise uh, everybody on Wednesday night this week. Um, you know, Nick DeSears and, uh, and Matt Koontz are both really good road racers, and we race with them in the uh sister car uh slingshot sister car in the petite lamar 
and they were both really fast at Watkins Glen earlier this year. Um, so you know that they'll they'll definitely be fast, and uh, you know, you know, Aaron was fast at Watkins Glen earlier this year, and Randy was fast at Watkins Glen. So um, I think it'll I think it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they tackle this street course. Yeah, I think it's where are be, they not fast? <laughs> right, it's <laughs> been, been a common theme all season long. Aaron and Justin. Aaron and Justin. <laughs> You I trust the EOL. He still finishes first. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tried turning a few laps at the uh, Chicago Street Course, and you know, as long as turn one's not there, I'd do pretty good. But <laughs> that hard <laughs> left, man, you're almost literally. It feels like if you're not going slow enough, you're literally yanking your steering wheel hard left as hard as you can just to turn because it's such a hard ninety degree turn, and that's what makes that up i mean you've got like i think what six 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 or seven total turns in it yeah it's it's not a it's not a super complex track right i think that's the it really isn't the first thing that struck me is i i pulled up an overlay with the track map on it which was helpful for me and i would recommend if you're ever learning a new road course having uh whether it's like a, a sim hub is what i use but having that track map overlay pulled up and i think that was the first thing i noticed was it's it's not a super complex track. It's it's a bunch of a ninety degrees. Uh, <laughs> but speed, I think speed is going to be Jeremy. You mentioned it. Speed, uh, you you can't go too fast, right? I think the key to making the corners uh, with speed is actually carrying less speed because uh, it's gonna it's gonna you know you carry too much speed and you're gonna wall it. And there are a lot of unforgiving turns on that track. <laughs> It's like that old saying goes with the tortoise and the hare, you know. Well, that, that rabbit's got to be so fast. Well, you can't be fast on this, and you got to be consistent, and you got to hit your breaking points just right going into that first turn. And if you don't, you're straight up going into the wall. And, you know, the league we do professional just like real life, and you have no fast repairs, so... I'm seriously hate to say it. I'm going to call it. You might see a few going out on that first turn. Oh, I, I, I think you're probably 100% correct. <laughs> I, I think you're, you're on the money with that one. Um, before we get to just kind of the, the, the history of you guys and Southern broadcast racing network, uh, I do want to ask you what your general perception of the season, how the racing has been, how the tracks have been, uh, what have you enjoyed most so far? The whole shebang. I mean, you know, we've done the 87 season, and that was awesome to watch. But seeing everybody, you know, coming to the next gen, we've got new people coming in. You know, we've got Aaron Smith. He's came in and made a statement. Um, Justin's still making the statement. But this whole season, between the mixture of the tracks, you've had the half miles, the miles, and the road courses. And, you know, it's been it's been clean professionalism. And hard nose racing, just just straight to the point. I mean, hard nose, clean, clean racing. Um, I de- definitely have to agree with Jeremy there. You know, the clean racing, the give and take that that y'all do. I mean, I we broadcast a lot of of leagues out there, and you know, 
Y'all uh, pretty much y'all have the most green flag flag laps out of them all. And, you know, the side by side battles, the three wide battles at your super speedways, you know, it just it just overtakes anything that that we've seen uh, as far as, you know, the competitiveness and the cleanness of racing that y'all put on. Yeah, man, that's good to hear. It, it, yeah, sometimes awesome. it feels like the exact opposite, but I'm glad to see <laughs> from, from the from the uh, kind of outsider's perspective that it, it, you know, we're always hard on ourselves. But I'm glad to hear that that it does uh, put on a good show. So thank you for saying that. We'll give you your uh, your bribe money later on. Yeah, um, appreciate that. <laughs> you can Damn, cash that. that <laughs> you know, I, I, I seriously, on, on a side note, not to interrupt the question that was going on, but I seriously would take five to six racers that's in this league with their cleanliness and their um, their dedication. I would easily put them up against any of the top ten in the I racing E Cola or. Coca-Cola like the E. coli series. Coca-Cola series. <laughs> Coca-Cola series. Whatever they have. And not worry one bit about them being able to run them to the final lap. I, I 100% agree. I think we've got some guys who could hold their own in, in that series. Multiple guys. So yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that, uh, that we're, we're doing a good job. Um, let's jump into to you guys, though, specifically. And when did Southern Broadcast Racing Network, what year did you guys start up? Actually formed it in October of 2021. Last year. And. and go ahead. And it was kind of a, for me, it was just kind of doing something on the side because I suck when it comes to actual racing. See, I'm racing. I'm no good at it whatsoever. I get lucky every now and then. <laughs> but I had a, a rapport from the Xbox side, and it kind of moved to this side. And I had different leagues like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I'm thinking, you know, I only want to do this, you know, on the side is fun. You know, maybe one or two nights a week. Well, I'm sitting here like five six nights a week and i dealt with bridget on the xbox side we had caught a few races together and i messaged him and said hey i need to talk to you is it okay i called him told him what i had going on he's like i'm ready let's do it and you know we it was something to be fun and a hobby on the side and it's actually turned into nearly a part-time job on my end which i've kind of stepped back a little bit but as far as communicating with leagues making sure everything is lined up set up richard does a lot and helps with it so honestly if i didn't have him on my right side trusting anything whatsoever without questioning me it probably would not be as successful and in the position where we are right now and i know i know people might be shocked to hear you and know that your company is named southern broadcast racing network uh but and this is coming from someone from alabama uh but talk to us about where that name came from and and kind of uh 
you know, your background. I think, you know, you are from the South. You're in Tennessee, right? That's rough correct. Week, rough week for the volunteers, but, uh, you know, what was there, was that just an instant name or was there some, what thought went into that? I actually um, threw it around for a while because when I was broadcasting on Xbox, the username I had, it, it wasn't one that you really could advertise and be like, hey, I'm going to broadcast your races. And they're thinking, oh, we don't really want that. So I'm thinking, you know, well, I live in southern part of the United States. And I've done a little bit of, like, Google research to make sure I didn't have no copyright infringements or anything. You know, MRN's got the Motor Racing Network and all of them others. But I searched through it, and you've got a, a BRN, Broadcasting Racing Network. And I was like, well, you know what? I can be the southern part, but what can I broadcast on? I was like, wait a second. Southern Broadcast, and we're going to deal with racing. And then I'm going to do a network because I wanted to go big. And that was when it kind of clicked. I was like, Southern Broadcast Racing Network, SBRN. It's got a, it's got a quick, um, a quick saying with it if you abbreviate it. But at the same time, you think racing, you think, you know, the southern states, the moonshine, the when it started out bootlegging was in yeah. eastern southern. So, you know, Southern Broadcast Racing Network, it just kind of all clicked and I was like, This is what I'm gonna go with and it's kinda of stuck and it's actually slowly getting a reputation out there. That's awesome. Yeah. So go ahead, Chris. Yeah, so I just wanted to follow up on this. You guys talked about coming from sort of the Xbox world, um, doing racing on there. I'm just curious how long have you guys how long you guys been sim racing on iRacing? Jeremy brought me into it uh let's see, probably right before October I bought uh, a little El Cheapo computer off of eBay that uh got maybe five frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I got tired of that. And, you know, he, he came to me about uh, broadcasting. And, uh, you know, I built a computer, never built a computer before. And, um, you know, got, got me a good setup now. And, yeah, that's how I pretty much started. I started right there just before we started uh, broadcasting. So we started in October. I'd say August. I, I bought the El Cheapo computer off eBay. Three hundred and something dollars, I think, is what it was. What you told me, you got it off eBay, and he asked me, "Does this part do good? Is this video card good? Is this RAM good?" I'm like, "Oh Lord, we're in trouble." <laughs> about we're to say, you, were right buying, <laughs> you were buying that computer. Three hundred dollars wouldn't have even bought you a, a graphics card, based on the prices about a year ago. It looked like old Nintendo graphics. <laughs> Got the Minecraft style pace car. Yeah. 2005 NASCAR on GameCube. That's what <laughs> Got to turn those NASCAR 3 graphics down to, to low quality. Um, yeah, the Minecraft so, pace car is my favorite pace car. Oh, yeah. We still, even on the good computers, we get that from time yeah, to time. We get it from time to time. Yeah. Uh, so, with that, you know, talking about equipment, 
One of the biggest questions I hear a lot of people, you know, if I'm on looking, scrolling through the Facebook groups and all that, one of the questions I see pop up kind of frequently is, is what does it take to, to kind of start broadcasting? What kind of equipment do you need? What does that look like? Obviously the computer, whether it's a $300 computer or <laughs> much more expensive, what other stuff do you need? What, what's called all the angles going on there that you guys have to take care of? Is as far as equipment wise or both, um, all of it, all of it, walk us through kind of, you know, when you're, when you're getting things set up for a race, what, what are you booting up? What are you getting turned on? Oh, oh, let's see. You got OBS, you got uh, SDK, which gives us all our tickers and timers and, uh, you know, uh, displays all the driver information, grid information, uh, stuff like that. SDK is, a, uh, was one, big big thing that uh you definitely need um before we uh discovered sdk we were trying to do it off the just the i racing menu uh which was just horrible because you're sitting there clicking through drivers to get to the driver that you want um and now we have a button that, that uh you can click that says okay exciting we're going to go to the most exciting part on the track and usually it's a two-car battle um but SDK has helped us, and I know there's several different apps out there, um, but the customer support and everything that, that we've uh, gotten from SDK is just wonderful. Uh, OBS, you know, that, that's been a lifesaver, you know, for, for the stream quality. You know, we can, we can do our side-by-sides and, um, you know, our, our commercial uh, content, um, you know, give the sponsors their shout out. So OBS has been a real big help and, you know, getting it out to those platforms, you know, we're able to, to do, uh, I think it's up to four platforms if we really wanted to, um, if your graphics card can hold it. Um, but yeah, the, those two components right there were the most important um, components that, uh, that, uh, we have as far as, uh, software and then hardware yeah the graphics card is one of the major major components i think i've upgraded like three times <laughs> from what i've from what i started uh from what i started with and um you know finally got it to where you know we can put out the good quality video so it doesn't doesn't look too too it looks almost like you're watching a, a real life race <coughs> yeah i think and, that's that is important is, is you know having it that broadcast quality feel like you are watching a real race and you guys do a pretty good job with that. Well, we'll pay you a bribe money later too. Hey, we're even <laughs> now at this point. <laughs> a, a, a video card is good. I mean, I've, my mine's a couple years old, but you know, it's, it's up to date and it can still do what it needs. But the, um, the, the airflow air circulation inside your CPU where your video card don't overheat because when I first got into it, I didn't have enough um, ventilation, air circulation going through it. My video card puts out so much heat, it would overheat the video card and the processor. So during midstream, it would completely shut down. I would hear game sound. I would hear all the audio, but I have no video because the video card got so hot. So I had to open up I had to get a bigger case, which was an extra $150 investment, but I had to put extra fans in it because the video card puts out so much heat because it's pushing at such a high level when you're streaming on Facebook and Twitch and YouTube at the same time. 
it easily will overheat and you have no clue of it. And me and Richard both have ran into that. But we've we've got it fixed over time where we've got ventilation and we don't have the overheat issue. Yeah, I've got an old uh, NVIDIA graphics card from college that uh, paid the price for for my lack of awareness of that. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> we held a funeral for it and everything. <laughs> that uh, I think I've had a couple things burn up over time, whether it was a a, a, a power supply or uh, those those com- the computers can be finicky, right? Whether you're using it for broadcasting or racing, I think that's something that um, you know is a constant challenge of upgrading your rig. Chris knows all about that. Uh, yeah, I lost the power supply because of that not a few years back. Uh, your your computer about died during the the petite Le Mans. Petite Le Mans. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, it's it's a oh. constant. It's a work in progress always. I think that's. <laughs> go ahead. Internet is a big thing too. Uh, you know, everybody <laughs> everybody has their you know spectrum and you know charter or all this and that and the other. You know, I run everything off of Verizon Jetpack with a 150 gig uh, data plan. I have two of them sitting sitting here, so if one runs out of data, I can hook up the other and one. So I have about a 300 gig uh, uh, data plan. Uh, that I run off of, and all my all my computer stuff, my whole house runs off of two Verizon jetpacks. <laughs> Is that that works pretty well for you? Apparently, <laughs> apparently it does. And you know, it was kind of a trial and error thing, hoping that it would work because it worked for the Xbox or whatever on the Xbox days, and never had any problems with it. So I was like, eh, I'm gonna try for iRacing. And so far, it has been a lifesaver because without that, I would not be able to do what I do. Are you limited in terms of what kind of internet speed you can get if you were using <laughs> like a cable? Oh man! It was so so when we bought this property, um, you know, I kind of feel deceived. Um, we lived in in town before we bought this property, and we had high speed internet. We had everything that you could think of, and um, you know, we wanted to buy a house, and we we looked and we were like, oh, this property is perfect. So I started calling around, making sure that we could get internet, this, that, and the other. And they were like, oh yeah, yeah. I even checked the website and it said, oh yeah, we service that area. So they were like, oh, just call us when you're ready to move. As soon as we are getting ready to move in, I call to to have my uh, movers connect connected. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, we don't service that address. I was like, oh, you son oh. of a... <laughs> Brutal. For him, he was he actually he actually broadcasted a few races off of HughesNet. But yeah, I actually did. Was amazing. Could not run anything else. Um, (laughs) he lived literally like I'd probably say less than a half a mile between two cable companies and they both end at poles and he's he's kind of stuck in the middle no man's land just sol one day uh, hopefully elon musk will uh, send down some starlink dishes or something (laughs) i'm on i'm on the waiting list i'm on the waiting list there you go i think i'm on the still on the waiting list for google fiber if it ever if it ever stretches (laughs) out here um so challenges it sounds like the internet's been a challenge gpus have been a challenge what 
like in just in terms of broadcasting, right? I think it's a lot of something that a lot of people think they can do, but once you kind of get behind the mic and get live on air, <laughs> what's been the biggest struggle you guys have had, uh, especially whether it just be starting out on Xbox or or making that transition to iRacing? Like, is it is it different for you in real life versus when you're behind the mic? Uh, are you are you talkative people in real life? Uh, Jeremy, I know you are, uh, but, but uh, how does it compare? How do your personalities compare uh, behind the mic to you just in everyday average life? Um, I am a people person to an extent. Um, you know, I'm not a very big talker unless I know you. Um, but uh, and I, I guess that's due somewhat to military or whatever. I after the military, I kind of just like stuck to myself. Um, but behind the mic, you know, as long as I got something to talk about, I can talk all day long. Uh, the main challenges I have as far as broadcasting goes is name pronunciation because you got so many different names out there. And it's like, you think that's the way it's pronounced, but it's really not. It can't just always be Chris Smith, right? <laughs> no. right. It can't be something yeah. as simple as uh, Chris Smith. So we got to come up with something slick that uh, uh, that's not his name, but we're going to give him a nickname today. Yeah, every <laughs> once in a while, you might run across a Wesley Pistoli, right? Uh, yeah, a Pistoli. To pronounce and, and uh, slingshot and your, your duration with slingshot racing. I'm sorry. What was that? What's been the, the hardest name to pronounce so far? That you can it think has of to be. It has to be one from Darlington that that just joined us last week. Um, I cannot oh, yes. even think of it. I started calling him TM because I was butchering his last name. Uh, he came into it. It was his first race, and he actually put up a good showing. I think he was actually finished in top five. But Tarun uh, right? came out strong. Whatever, but I, I caught him to you throughout the race. I said, you know what? I'm killing this. I'm killing this guy's last name. I have not a clue. I'm sitting here like during the broadcast trying to pronounce it. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to call him TM. TM is moving on up to the front. I'm so, sure if Tarun's listening, he's going to make sure we know how to pronounce it. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully he's with us for, for some more races. Um, I think I think Jeremy had uh, McGrongle. <laughs> he was like, "I'm not even going to try it." <laughs> and that that name was rough trying to figure out because I actually called Richard during the broadcast and I muted my end. I was like, "How the hell do we say his name?" He's like, McGrongle. I'm like, McGrangle. McGrong. I'm like, McGrongle. He's like, say it faster, McGrongle. What we, need to, what we need to make sure we do in the future is in our driver application form, we need to have a phonetic pronunciation uh, question where you have to tell us how to pronounce your name. Uh, Break down into syllables. Yeah, that's, that's actually a good idea now that I think about you it. Know, you get, southern, the southern part, we're, we're a little bit slow on pronunciation. So, you know, we can look at the McGrongle. Say it faster. McGrongle. Got you. Good. We just gotta work through it, right? It's like a little yeah. educational activity. It's growing pains. It's growing pains. Just, just. I heard. I heard Any... Fair Place being called Patter Place. Patter <laughs> <laughs> we actually got a compliment. He actually messaged um, us on Facebook. He said, "Y'all was the first ones that actually said my name right." And I'm sitting here thinking, 
That must have been Richard talking because, you know, <laughs> I didn't know. I, I, I was like, what? Better. <laughs> and I'm on the phone with Richard. I'm like, how do we say his name? Better place. I'm like, better place. He's like, yep. I was like, got that. He's just going to drive the little death. We'll go right. with that one. If it was me, I would just be saying people's first names. <laughs> yeah, just say the first names and you can usually get, get by with that. Um, yeah, so I just I wanted to kind of ask you guys a little bit about like we've we've sort of touched base on, you know, how SBRN started and, you know, the challenges that that you guys have faced along the way. And um, what are um, what what's in the future plans for SBRN? Is there is there something that uh, that you guys haven't done that you you know really want to do uh, what's what's the future look like for sbrn well the future of sbrn is not going to go away as long as we got races as long as we got leaks coming to us and you know we obtain their services you know sbrn will always be on the air um you know because we enjoy enjoy what we do um so hopefully you know we have returning leagues coming back to us when their season ends, which uh, I do believe we will have, um, you know, coming. We have actually quite a few leagues that are uh, that are ending very soon that uh, they're going to be re-signing with us. Um, so they're always going to we're always going to be here um, and we're always going to be open to sign up um, more leagues to do. One thing I would like to do is I want to switch places with with a driver put them in a booth put me in the car and let's see let's see how i do you know because it's very fun it's very fun calling these races but you want to get out there one of these days and just race with with those guys because they it looks so fun to do um which uh that's what i'm going to actually do on one of the legend series um um one of their uh before um before league races, uh, before the league starts, uh, we're going to put uh, one of the drivers in the commentating booth, and I'm going to get out there and ride around with them and see how they do as far as commentating, see how I do as far as racing. Um, That's an interesting idea. Hey, you can take my seat at Chicago Street. Course. I was a, no, oh, no, 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 no. I was going to ask first. Now you can't, Richard, you can't jump Richard on can there. take one car and Jeremy can take the other. <laughs> I'll stay in the booth because, you know what, I've already seen myself. I, I, I've I've tried turning a couple laps on it, and like I said, I've I've got a heavy right foot, even in real life. But that left foot wouldn't hit that brake, and turning that hard, <laughs> almost 180 degree turn. Yeah, Richard, get out there, and you know what? If, if they ain't in the top ten of contention, hey, we'll put them in the booth and we'll swap it out. And we, I we, promise we, you, ain't gonna be in the top ten. Oh no! So so my track would be uh, Phoenix. I, I run pretty well there. That's actually one of my favorite tracks. I've been I've been trying to whoop whoop butt uh, in the um, in the trucks this whole week. So I got quite a few uh, quite a few wins there, and I didn't do too bad um, a couple of weeks ago in the uh, Monster Energy Series that we I run in. On. I don't think I would be able to do great in the broadcast booth for that because I still have not been able to accept the dog leg as the front stretch on that track. I think forever that that straight back stretch will always be the front stretch to me. See, for me, it's, it's one and two and three and four. I've got them mixed up, and I will never be able to get them straightened out. Oh, same here. Same here. 
So, so, and, you know, broadcasting that, that is another uh, challenging thing. Uh, depending on the track, sometimes, you know, you can't really, uh, we'll say Bristol sometimes, you know, because the cars are going by so fast, you kind of lose track of which is one, turns one and two and three and four. Oh, yeah. You lose track. Uh, oh, every once in a while, but thank goodness for SDK has the little track map that we could throw up there and it shows where, where, uh, where the start finish line is so you can pretty much tell where they're where everybody's at uh so that is a challenging uh, challenging factor at some points in in the in the broadcast booth is you know where they're at on the track what you know because you'll you'll hear us correct ourselves going oh that's turn three or four. Oh, not one or two um so interesting that you said that well guys we we're lucky to have you guys we're we're uh we're blessed to have come in contact with you. If other leagues want to uh you know be broadcast with you guys, how can they reach out to you? Um, you know, what's the best way to get in touch? Best way I would say is you can um you can send us a message on Facebook, uh Southern Broadcast Racing Network. Um just reach to, uh, reach out to us on our on our messenger page. Uh usually takes us a little while to to get back. Uh, usually within a couple hours, we'll get back to you. Um, we are pre pretty good at, uh, responding, uh, you know, within a, within a good, good amount of time. Um, Twitter, Jeremy usually posts on Twitter. I try to stay off the Facebook side because I get myself in trouble <laughs> as far as posting goes. Easy to I'm, do. <laughs> yeah. I'm usually in Facebook jail half the time, but, um. But yeah, uh, just reach out to us on, on Messenger on Facebook and, you know, um, you know, we'll figure out what you're looking for as far as broadcasting goes. Like I said, we can broadcast up to up to up to two channels live and we can upload on Facebook or uh, on YouTube. Um, that's the easiest way to go. So we don't o overdo our graphics card or anything, um, you know. Look and see what kind of series you're looking at, how how long your race durations are going to be. And, uh, you know, we try to work with anybody, you know, as far as uh, affordability, you know, so we can get their content out there and so we can obtain new followers. Yeah, I will add that you guys were very, very accommodating, flexible with us once when we when we kind of started our relationship. So like we can we can speak. Uh, we can speak to that. You guys are awesome. We're lucky to have you. Uh, any shout outs you want to give before we. Uh we in this thing well i want to shout out to you guys because we we enjoy calling your race um your races uh every wednesday you know we've you, you know you pretty much obtained our services you know the, for the 87s and now the next gens and we hope to continue to continue that uh, that relationship with y'all in the near in the near future um and, you know, shout out to all our fans, everybody that tunes in each and every week, you know, no matter if it's for Slingshot. Uh, yeah, uh, let's see, we got Midwest, we got um, Sidewinders, we got we got quite a few. Um, you know, thanks for everybody tuning in. What's that, Jeremy? We've actually picked up a new one that is before Sidewinders, uh, Loose, Loose Lug Nuts. And that's one that came from xbox they still run on the xbox side but they're running um on our racing now and joe roberts has took that one but they've got a um a pretty decent following and you know ancient world gaming that's you know they've brought their crowd in too so you know saturdays have got very 
you know, you can log in about six o'clock on the Twitch page and you're getting nonstop racing up to about 11 o'clock because we've got two leagues going back to back. One ends and about 30 minutes later, the next one starts up. So, I mean, you know, starting, starting out small, just doing it on Xbox and the the first time me and Richard actually broadcasted a race together was on the Xbox uh, Summer Series they had, and that was actually how I met him. So without the Xbox side, I'm um, I'm grateful for that because it met me to Mr. Ford Tough eighty two, <laughs> and you know we've kind of you know grown. Since then, he was acquainted at one time, but you know, just like with Slingshot, y'all on a on a personal level, I could message Ellis or Chris with something personal going on, and that's the rapport we want to build. It's not just a broadcasting financial take your money. It's a build a family bond. It's about and, relationships. Yes, it's it's an and we have a good relationship with Slingshot and Sidewinders and all the leagues we broadcast because we try to put it on a personal level, not a financial, we just want to take your money and this is what we're going to do and you have to deal with it. You know, we're we're going to adapt to y'all and the customer and what the fans want and what the league owners want because our name can be tarnished by one bad word that another league may have to say but same time as long as we are doing positive and doing the best to put y'all out there there's what makes us happy because we've got the passion for it and just the relationship league wise awesome well we've been lucky to have you guys so far to this point and if you want to follow southern broadcast racing network you can find them on twitch twitter facebook but again you can tune in live to all their races and what nights of the, the week do you uh, have broadcast on no we're on wednesday nights at 8 30 east uh wednesday nights at 8.30 Eastern Time. Um, we have also Friday nights. that be- I believe that starts at 7.30. That's with Joe Robert uh, in uh, with Midwest uh, Days of Thunder. Uh, Saturday nights with Loose N- Lug Nuts. I believe it starts at 6 o'clock. Or no, 7, seven o'clock. Um, 6.37. 6.37-ish. And then I... I piggyback off of him at 8:30. I go live for Slingshot Racing League, and there's uh you know there's some off nights that um you know I fill in for uh, Stars and Stripes. Uh, I filled in for um, uh, Full Send. You know, we do a, we try to do a lot even with the the ones that didn't go back with us. We we try to help them out if uh, and they come to us whenever they they need a fill in or so. And we try to fit them in to, to our schedule. So, um, you know, we never leave a league behind. I think I have like, I don't know, 50 discords that I'm still a part of and they let me know, uh, when they need somebody. So, so we're available all the time. So just hit that light and, uh, notifications and you'll, it'll tell you when we go live. Awesome. Jeremy Robbins, Richard Hurst, 
Southern Broadcasting Racing Network. Uh, thanks for joining us. Everyone have a uh, great week. Hey, hope you enjoyed that episode. We just wanted to say thank you for your time and your interest in our podcast. And really just overall, thanks for listening. We work hard to bring these episodes to you guys each week. And thanks for being a part of our Slingshot Racing community. If you want to learn more, you can find us at slingshotracing.org. From there, you can find us on social media like Instagram, Facebook. You can join our Discord from the main website. And uh, if you're listening to us on Anchor, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, please feel free to leave us a review. Uh, the more reviews and the better reviews we have, the more people who will have access to this podcast. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll hope to hear from you and see you next week. Bye for now.